That's uh, Keris uh, Lee Mayfield, and uh, uh, that's a uh, new order, new world order. And uh, guess new world order is about education, and uh, how big a crisis is it uh, that uh, learners in school don't uh, know how to read and uh, that's what we're focusing on today uh, in uh, progress in international reading literacy study which uh, tested uh, reading comprehension of learners in their fourth year fourth year of primary schooling it states that uh, 78% of South African pupils uh, do not know how to um, read and they could not read for meaning um, they just look for words and just pronounce the words without understanding uh, the meaning. And uh, Nick Spall, who is a senior researcher at the Economics Department um, at uh, Stellenbosch University, uh, says that this means 8 out of 10 cannot locate and retrieve explicitly um, stated information. And this indeed is a crisis. And Nick is joining me on the line right now. Good afternoon and welcome, Nick. Yes, hi. Thanks for having me. Now, what does this suggest about uh, our education system? I mean, fourth grade, surely, uh, those basics should have been uh, in place. Yeah, definitely. So what this tells us about our education system is that any focus higher up in the system, you know, we love to talk about matric, we love to talk Mm. about holiday camps in grade 11 and grade 12, is totally misguided. Uh, So what this is saying is that when we look at the primary school, the majority of the children, 78%, are not learning to read in the first three years of school. And the reason why that's important is the way that the curriculum is structured is that the first three years of school are the learning to read phase, and then from grade four onwards, it's the reading to learn phase, where you're losing, where you are using the skill of reading to acquire new information. Mm. And what this is saying is that those kids aren't actually getting that skill in the foundation phase. Uh, so you know they're falling further and further behind, even as they get into higher grades. But actually, the biggest problem is that they're falling at the first hurdle. Uh, that they're not learning to read, which is the most basic skill that they should be getting at primary school. And that's where we should be focusing. Sure. And demographically, do we know where exactly um, the challenge is uh, from the sample that was used? We do. So we know that it's concentrated uh, amongst children that are attending schools that are teaching in an African language. So these tests weren't only done in English. They were done in all 11 official languages. Mm. So in South Africa, the 70% of students learn to read in an African language for the first three years of school, one of the nine African languages, and then they transition into English typically in grade four. Um, and, but we know that that's correlated with lots of things. It's correlated with uh, living outside of the Western Cape and in Gauteng. It's correlated with li- living in a, a rural area, attending a no-fee school. Mm. So what we can see from the study uh, is that while it is concentrated in some areas, like rural areas and very poor schools, the fact that it's 78%, you know, that's the vast majority of the country. Sure, so, that's you know, a if huge we look percentage. In Lipo, it's more than 90%. And if you look in Gauteng, it's only 55%. Uh, but the point is, it's still, if we look at the whole country, it's still 78%, which is, that's the big crisis. Do you know what I mean? Is that this is actually mm. a national problem. It's not just concentrated in some small little pocket. And in terms of gender, um, is, is the concern balanced between boys and girls? No, it's not. So girls do much better than boys on reading, and this is true internationally. So around the world, girls learn to read faster than boys, uh, and that's also true in South Africa. So the average girl in grade four was a full year of learning ahead of the average boy in South Africa. And this is the second largest gap uh, in the world. 
of all the 50 countries that were assessed. So there is definitely a gendered component where boys struggle with reading much more than girls do. Mm. Uh, and that's across all contexts. Now, in the context of uh, this uh, reading crisis, and, and obviously it speaks to literacy levels as well, is it unique to South Africa? Um, it's not unique to South Africa in the sense that there are a lot of developing countries, uh, particularly in the rest of Africa, uh, that have high levels of uh, students that don't learn to read for meaning. Where South Africa is very different is that mm-hmm. for its level of development, we should have a much higher uh, rate of children learning to read. So I'll give you an example. If 78% of South African kids can't learn, don't learn to read for meaning, that means only 22% do. Right? Mm. So now if we look at somewhere like Iran, that has the same GDP per capita as South Africa, 66% of their learners will learn to read for meaning compared to 22% of ours, even though they have the same GDP per capita as us. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I think there's a, there's a big challenge here, which is saying that for our level of development, we should be doing a lot better than what we are doing. Uh, and that we're probably focusing on the wrong things. We need mm. to take a back-to-basics approach and look at foundation phase numeracy and literacy and stop talking about the industrial revolution, uh, the fourth industrial revolution and artificial intelligence and stuff. Uh, you know, if kids can't read, the, the, it doesn't What's matter what point? else they can do. They're not going to be able to go and learn how to code and, and uh, do all these other things. All right, uh, we're not going to have this conversation on our own, uh, Nick, especially when we say it's a South African crisis and therefore uh, invite everyone listening who would like to contribute to this conversation. What's our voice note is 0614-104-107. SAFM Lifetime Live is our hashtag and you can join us via Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio or SMS 40938 charged at 150. Also welcoming your calls. Call Chris Salda now, 0891-104-207. And the question we ask is, is South Africa facing um, a, a reading crisis? And, and I, I guess, I mean, this question is self-explanatory when you have um, studies like the progress in international reading uh, literacy. Uh, I know that you did mention this a little bit earlier, uh, Nick. If you can just reiterate again, why is it important that this particular phase that uh, the study picked up, uh, that you know, learners should be able to learn. They should be able uh, to comprehend and mm-hmm. understand what they're reading. Yeah. So the, the reason why reading is the most important skill in primary school is it's because it's the skill that all the other skills depend on. Do you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the, the learning that you get from doing things like life skills, life sciences in math, etc., all of those require that you're able to match what we call the speech sounds of language with print mm-hmm. on the page. That's the, being able to crack that code of understanding that these letters on the page actually represent spoken word speech. That is the first kind of rung on the ladder of learning. And if you don't get onto that rung of the ladder and learn to read fluently and with comprehension, uh, you just will fall further and further behind. You kind of lose the race before you even start sure. uh, if you don't learn to read for meaning. And and how does this impact on uh, future economic opportunities, especially growth opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I think that the way that it affects it is not only that uh, it leads into later dropouts. The kids that don't mm. learn to read for meaning don't enjoy schooling. They won't read for pleasure. They won't read uh, the, the school books that they're meant to be doing and end up dropping out in large numbers. So nearly half of students, about 40% of students, are dropping out before they reach matric. And that's largely got to do with the fact that they are getting such low-quality education at school that they don't see it as being worthwhile. It doesn't lead to job opportunities. It doesn't lead to dignified work. 
uh, so they drop out of school. So I think that's sure. the major thing that it leads on to. And also that uh, the types of jobs that, that children need in the 21st century require high levels of literacy. Mm. Um, and we're not equipping students with the, those literacy skills. And that's starting really, really early. It's not in the high school that the wheels are coming off. The wheels are coming off very early. Now, looking at those demographics that uh, we reflected on earlier, uh, how much does uh, the medium used as a language uh, contribute to this problem? So there's there's quite a lot of research uh, now that shows that it's better for children to learn in their home language first mm. when they're learning to read before transitioning into English once they are fluent in that home language. So I think sometimes what parents see is they, they see a very uh, a fancy school or a fee-charging wealthy school and it teaches in English. And they see all the kids can read and they think it's because the kids are reading in English. Uh, meanwhile, it's actually because that's a very well-resourced school. The parents are educated. You know, there's all sorts of other factors contributing to why those children learn to read. Mm. So sometimes people conflate what we call the language of instruction with the quality of instruction. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think we need to be clear that the right uh, approach cognitively and linguistically, is to use the language that children know when they come to school. They've got a whole lot of vocabulary in their home language, and we need to use that when teaching them how to read, because that's the language they will find easiest to learn to read in. And we, can, we know that children that learn to read in their home language find it much easier to read in an additional language like English because they're fluent in their home language first. Whereas if you go straight into English, these kids know very few words in English outside mm. of Gauteng. Gauteng is very multilingual because it's urban. Um, if you're in deep rural area or if you're in KZN and you're only exposed to Isizulu primarily, that's the language which you need to learn to read in. And then you can learn to read in English as well so that you're bilingual. But I think going straight for English uh, when children don't have a vocabulary in English uh, is not the right policy. It's worse when uh, at home um, they're exposed to people who are illiterate, um, that the English is spoken only in school they get home. Uh, it's a different language altogether. All right, uh, we're taking your messages right now. Uh, WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And uh, also welcome your tweets and uh, Facebook messages at SAFM Radio. And you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And Chris on Twitter says, yes, people finish without being able to read or write or spell crisis. Here's a WhatsApp voice note. Hi there, Odette from KwaZulu-Natal. My question around the reading skills of, of the learners is really do we understand whether the teachers have the necessary skills to be able to impart reading skills to the learners? Um, especially in the transitioning between an African language and English as the medium of instruction, there seems to be something that goes terribly wrong in that process. And I think it would be fascinating if we could get a study on, I remember quite recently there was a a study that was done on uh, grade, I think it was grade six mathematics teachers and uh, many of them could not pass a grade six mathematics test. And I'm wondering uh, whether there is anything similar to that that has been done with English literacy. All right, to your response, Nick. I think that's a very uh, a great question. Indeed. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why children don't learn to read for meaning is that their teachers have never been given the opportunity mm. to acquire the knowledge they need to teach reading for meaning. So under apartheid, they weren't given uh, adequate training, and post-apartheid, the in-service training of foundation phase literacy or foundation phase teachers 
uh, has been really inadequate. So I would totally agree with the caller. The study that she mentioned about the grade six maths teachers, that's actually a study I did with uh, Professor Hamza Venkat at WIT, where we found that 79% of grade six maths teachers in South Africa couldn't pass a grade six or seven level test. They couldn't get 60% correct on the test. Um, and while the literacy levels of the teachers, because that was just a content knowledge test, the literacy sure. levels of the teachers are not as bad as the, their math levels, uh, the, 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 the cont- what we would call pedagogical content knowledge or the ability to teach the things that kids need to know, we know is lacking. There are a lot of smaller scale studies showing uh, that teachers actually don't know how to teach reading. Mm. And that's actually a project that we're working on at the moment is developing a course to teach teachers how to teach reading. So what will it take over and above teaching teachers? Uh, what role should parents also play? What will it take for us to even develop a culture of uh, encouraging reading? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the role that parents play um, is critical uh, and siblings. Uh, having a national reading campaign uh, where parents are encouraged to read to their children uh, and also are given books. So children, I think, should be given an anthology of stories in the same way that they are given a workbook that they get to take home at the moment. They should be given an anthology of stories to take back that their parents can also read to them. Um, whereas at the moment, we, we primarily think of uh, teaching as only happening at school. And there's some good reason for that. You know, mm. Teachers are mandated. They've got a captive audience for six hours a day, Monday to Friday. Uh, we, I, I'm, sometimes I'm, I get frustrated when people say, oh, education is a societal uh, responsibility. Of course, that's true. And of course, it's really important that parents should read to their children. Sure. But the primary responsibility of teaching kids to, to read is actually the foundation phase teacher, not the parent. Let's take Geraldine Deben as our last caller. Good afternoon and welcome. Yeah, yeah, I'd just like to comment. I mean, you know, this is not uh, uh, rocket science teaching people how to read and write. It's, and it's not something that, uh, you know, people have been doing for 3,000 years. The average the ability of the average person to read and write through some sort of formal or institutionalized uh, education is probably most people only got an opportunity to get to formalized schooling in the last 200 years. Now, it's just begs belief that in this country that we still can't... Uh, uh, teach people how to read and write. And really what people have to do is do some introspection. Firstly, you know, someone's got to hold those responsible for account. You know, this morning, the whole theme of the, the talk on the Bongi Guala show was economic development down in the Eastern Cape. And there was all the usual BEE and all the usual excuses for why there's no economic development. But the real reason that you cannot, you will never develop any economy without education. And in all his discussions with the, all the experts and the politicians, not once did he ever mention the word education, the poor metric results they get in the Eastern Cape. Uh, you know, politicians are simply not held to account. I mean, this should be the major topic we're talking about. I mean, you, you, can, you, you can bluff people that they would become, uh, uh, um, you know, they, they would, there would be some sort of economic sure. emancipation with land. But it really comes with skills and education. We, and you we, can look at any country in the world. Gerard, unfortunately, those, those, we have to take... Those who lift themselves out of poverty, did it with education. And we fail, fail, fail again. We agree no with you. Thank you. Account. Thank you very much uh, for the call. And that's why we're having this conversation. That's why we're reflecting uh, on this study. We have to take a news break. Utsile uh, Saku with the news headlines. When we return, we'll conclude the conversation. Fun and positive conversations. 
We're talking about a tragic reality in our society, um, progress in international reading literacy study, uh, which tested reading comprehension of learners in their fourth year of primary schooling. And it states that 78% of South African pupils uh, could not read and uh, uh, read for meaning, that is. And joining me right now is Nick Spall. Uh, Nick, from all the, com- I guess, the concerns that we raised, and you can only reiterate the importance um, of of uh, ensuring that uh, we we put resources in 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 reading. I mean, I think that the, one of your earlier comments, callers, uh, mentioned the the reality of political will, mm. and I think that that is really critical mm. uh, when we look to the election next year in 2019. It would be amazing if what the political parties that run one of their main focuses, the top five points that they raise, whether it's the ANC, the DA, or the EFF, or any of the other parties, if they said. The fact that children do not learn to read for meaning, this is something we're going to address in our term and put that as part of their platform because it is one of the binding constraints to social and economic progress in South Africa. And yet the politicians are not giving it the prominence that it deserves. So how do we access this study for those who would like to engage it and um, uh, for the campaigns that have been suggested? So there are various um, analyses that have been done. The official report is available on the uh, Center for Education and um, Center for Education Analysis, the CEA at University of Pretoria's website. But if people just Google PIRLS, P-I-R-L-S, and reading, a number of different articles of people, commentators that have been reading to, to unpack some of the different provincial differences, the gender differences, and what can be done about it. Mm. Um, and I mean, there's also, we, we, wrote an, we wrote an article recently about a Marshall Plan for Reading. Uh, which was addressed to at the ANC elective conference, just saying that whoever the next president of the ANC is um, needs to address this as being the, the number one priority in, in their next term. It doesn't help that uh, we have this uh, new language uh, called uh, short message uh, on, on social media. It just doesn't help at all trying to fit in a few characters and uh, making a point. Uh, Velmarie reminding me of this. Uh, Velmarie on Twitter saying at uh, primary school level, uh, we were instructed to take out uh, one story book in our mother tongue. And that's exactly what we are going to be talking about uh, later on. Thank you so much uh, for uh, joining in and listening. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Nick. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Nick Spall, who's a senior researcher for socioeconomic policy at uh, Stellenbosch University's uh, Department of Economics. And uh, when we return from this music break, we are going to be speaking to um, like, between eight and six, wrote a book already. How cute. About great granddaddy. And when we return after this, it's Masakane Miremma.